Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. The senior NCO, uh, the platoon sergeant, I think is that all at once both a a father figure and and almost a mother figure as well to uh, to the soldiers, the junior NCOs in the platoon, and and that guidance that the senior NCO can provide to the junior officer yeah. is critical. Welcome to the Warrior You podcast, proudly presented by Hindsight Leadership and Resilience. The Warrior You podcast delves deep into the topics of leadership, resilience, and human optimization. Our mission statement is simple. You're the mission. A massive shout out to our main sponsor, gym equipment specialist, Aussie Strength, a proud Australian veteran-owned business who have kitted out home garage gyms and huge fitness centres all over Australia and globally. This week on the Warrior You podcast, we welcome former member of the Australian Army and longtime friend of host Bram Connolly, Lieutenant Colonel Trent Bernard. We will hear about his decades of experience in combat training, structures and situations. This episode will discuss a range of topics relating to platoon leadership, including leading as a brand new platoon commander, relationships with senior NCOs and their wider impact within a platoon as a leader. So sit back and enjoy Season 2, Episode 2 of the Warrior You Podcast. This week on the Warrior You Podcast, I have hopefully not just a special guest, but someone who will come on from time to time, Lieutenant Colonel Trent Bernard. Sounds like something out of an American action movie. right? So we're going to talk about leadership of a platoon today, like one of those cooking shows where you have the chef and the cook. Which makes me the cook and you the chef. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. Probably, probably more Maggie Beer myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leadership of a platoon. So we're going to talk about leadership as a new, newly minted platoon commander. Stro. So generally speaking, that would be have come out of Royal Military College and then into a platoon. And we're going to use infantry platoon as the basis for this, but it could be any platoon. They could be an ADFA graduate or not as well. Um, all that stuff sort of before this, you know, ADFA graduate, then Royal Military College, then they become platoon commander. So that's all sort of your apprenticeship if you want. For Before you walk into a brand new platoon of 30-plus guys can guys and girls, can you even imagine what that must feel like walking in as a brand new platoon commander? Absolutely, I can imagine it. Because um, you've done it. Having, having done it myself, just as you have also. Uh, it, is, uh, it is both all at once uh, exhilarating and, um, you know, the level of expectation that, is, that, that you feel that you're under mm. is probably one of those uh, key, mm. key feelings that you're going through at that particular point in time. Mm. And, um, and, and a lot of what you've gone through up to that point is, is quite 
uh, is quite academic or it has been in uh, in conjunction with your peers. And it's very different leading your peers from leading uh, subordinate soldiers uh, and NCOs, um, you know, first day out of... of Yeah, and today's podcast isn't meant to rip apart the Australian Defence Forces leadership curriculum or anything like that, Um, although we've both got opinions, all sorts of opinions around that. Um, I still, for for my mind, think that it's a a brilliant starting point for a platoon commander, but there's things that obviously could be fixed, and yeah. But let's let's break. What we've done is we've, we've wargamed this. We've got some different competing things that happen that drag a platoon commander all over the place. So he or she may... Uh, you know, first of all, the impacts are the soldiers, the actual ADF itself, the army, um, the other platoon commanders, their uh, values, their own reason why, their technical competency, the mechanics of running the platoon, the junior NCOs in that platoon. I mean, it's the platoon sergeant. There's lots of things that impact their ability to lead and, and how good they may or may not be. Um, I think right up front, we should start with the platoon, talking about the platoon sergeant and that relationship because it's the most important relationship and it could set them up for the rest of their career, to be fair. Indeed. Um, the senior NCO, uh, the platoon sergeant, I think is that all at once, both a, a father figure and, and almost a mother figure as well to uh, to the soldiers, the junior NCOs in the platoon and, and that guidance that the senior NTO can provide to the junior officer yeah. is critical. Um, interestingly, I've had both positive and negative experiences with senior NTOs at at the junior officer level and uh, in my own organisation. And the the one thing that I took away from both the positive and the negative experiences was that um, they are just that they're experiences, and they do teach you leadership lessons. Uh, be they positive or negative. Yeah. And I mean, that that person, that platoon sergeant, that senior NCO, they could have, they could possibly have their own combat experience too that a, that a young subaltern doesn't have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you'd expect, uh, even if they don't have that operational experience, um, and for the most part, I'm assuming that they, they currently do, mm. um, even if they don't, they certainly have a lot more yeah. life experience and they certainly understand their soldiers far better uh, than, than you do, certainly at that early stage. Yeah, they've seen it. They've seen it, bef- they've seen it all before. Seen it all before. They've mm. seen platoon commanders come and go. They've seen OCs come and go. They've been in and out of that particular battalion. And, um, and you know, they have this wealth of experience that, uh, yeah. you know, ignore at your peril. Yeah, and I saw this myself in the infantry battalion um, and even in commando unit that they they could be high speed or they could also be just 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 above the bar of acceptable. If you're lucky, then he's high speed. If he's low speed, then you have to sort of wonder if maybe the OC has put a bit of faith in you to help develop that senior NCO as well. So it sort of works a little bit both ways, or it could just be that's the last person standing. All of the above, yeah, yeah indeed. Yeah. I think the, the most important thing about it all is that that platoon sergeant knows the soldiers in the platoon already. Yeah, 100%. And and not only that, he knows, he, he she knows 
uh, how to get things done within the organisation. Sure, the you know the the company Two IC does, and the other maybe more senior platoon commanders do, but it's the senior NTO that really understands the intricacies of the organisation, has those deep personal connections throughout the rest of the battalion, uh, and they're they're invaluable in in getting things done and executing your plan. We've got a few rules here that we put down while we were wargaming this. Um, first one being don't make decisions without consulting him or her first. Um, that's a very, very, you know, easy trap to fall into thinking, hey, I'm the leader. Yeah, uh, don't do that. <laughs> um, that's that's not wise. But always uh, as the commander, and and it's it's drummed up, drummed into us at, at every at every level, but certainly through RMC, as the commander, your job is to assess the information before you, and that includes the advice of your senior NCO. So, from a command perspective, you are responsible, and we're, we're we're taught this over and over, and it's a lived experience, I think, of everybody. Um, and there are the pitfalls of listening um, or acting upon advice that you know is fundamentally incorrect uh, can lead to just some extremely negative outcomes not only for yourself personally and professionally, but also for your soldiers. And at the end of the day, you were speaking about high speed and low speed. That low speed could be just poor advice and poor judgment on the part of a senior NCO. So there's that level of professionalism that you need to bring to listening to advice. Yeah, because let's not forget some of the platoon commanders could be low speed too. Oh, without a doubt. And generally they are when they first march in, to be fair, even though they may think the opposite. Don't ever let soldiers play you against each other, senior mm. NCO and the officer. Um, that's another rule we came up with. I've seen that myself where soldiers play the sergeant against platoon commander. Mm. Well, I think we've all seen that. And one of my uh, greatest uh, command uh, relationships was my most recent one. Mm. And uh, I, have to, I have to say that it is, it is refreshing to, uh, to really genuinely understand what good looks like when you have that good command relationship, that mutual respect, that trust, uh, that ability to have um, deep and meaningful conversations and uh, hear um, or take on advice mm. and uh, and be supported at every step of the way uh, regardless mm. is, is great. It's, it's, a really, uh, it's yeah, refreshing. It's a really mm. important relationship. Sure. And I think letting the platoon sergeant know that they are important to the decision-making, but there'll be times where you might not agree. And then ultimately, if you don't agree, the final decision will rest with the platoon commander and they wear that decision. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, absolutely. If you're, um, uh, I personally think if you are agreeing on everything, you're probably in the wrong command relationship. Yeah, agreed. Leadership of a platoon is what we're talking about. The next bit and probably... You know, the most important is the soldiers themselves. I've got in my notes here an eclectic mix of crazy. Uh, They're an eclectic mix of crazy in fitness, in their own standards, in their ability, in their professionalism, and in their enthusiasm. If you imagine 30 guys, they're all somewhere on the spectrum, (laughs) and you have to deal with that. Um, It's awesome. It's one of the best jobs in the world because of that. Uh, The... The humans. They're a rich tapestry of society. Yeah, absolutely. They're humans and they come from uh, all walks of 
yeah. uh, humanity within uh, within Australia, and not just Australia. Now, um, you know, we've we've always had this diverse uh, diverse mix of soldiers. But uh, yeah, you're exactly right. An eclectic mix is probably a good way to describe it. It's um, you know from fitness to professional levels to the reason why they're there. You know, some follow their their family into uh, into the service. Others are uh, on their way. You know, as a stepping stone to special forces or yeah. whatever the reason, the rationale is. They have very different motivations, very different life experience, and balancing that, uh, taking the time to really understand your soldiers. You know, this is a this is a relationships job, career, lifestyle. Um, it is. It's a relationships job. That's a brilliant way to put it, mate. And you know, um, you and I have both been in platoons with platoon commanders leading us, and in the future we went on to be platoon commanders and then uh, company commanders, and then a, and in your case, a, a, a regimental commander. So if you look at if you look at that, you never know who's in that platoon and what they're going to be because they're quite young. I mean, my platoon, my platoon commander in Somalia would never have thought that he had a soldier in his platoon who would go on to win a Distinguished Service Medal in combat as a platoon commander in Afghanistan nearly 20 years later, you know? So, so that really, you have to take a lot of care for those guys because you, they can amount to a lot if you put the time and effort into them. Yeah, and I think... Um... I'm, I think guys and girls. That, sorry, I'm 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 from the old school infantry, and I'm still trying to. You know, I love the fact that it's it's open, and I just need to educate myself and call myself out on it. Sorry about that. Yeah, I think uh, uh, that same platoon commander might be very surprised, uh, or you know, certainly uh, elated and and feel proud that you know you're now you know still serving after all these years and and have reached the rank that you have. I, I think that's. Yeah, he'd be proud of that yeah. example as well. The management of their development should be a number one priority. Without them performing mm. at their best, you won't be successful in your missions. You and I have been talking about this recently. High-performing leaders create high-performing culture, which creates high performance, but you don't worry about the performance part of it because that comes from the culture. I see platoon commanders who worry about the performance bit. It all goes wrong for them. If you get mm. the culture right first, performance will just come and the way to do that is through the platoon commander's notebook. If you are, if you really are, if you really take the time to invest in the platoon commander's notebook that directly invests in their career development, then then you will get a high performing team. Do you agree with that? Yeah, one hundred percent. Counselling is so important, and I think I think it. Um, th- there's a couple of aspects to counselling, and and firstly, it needs to be done correctly. And coming straight out of uh, straight out of RMC, it can be difficult to understand the implications of of the delivery of poor counselling and the benefits of positive uh, of uh, counselling that's done professionally. Firstly, you need to actually understand what's required. You need to be one hundred percent across the standards that are expected, as long as those standards have been uh, previously communicated, and. Uh, take the advice of um, of those around you who are observing uh, that performance, but giving that that counselling and making sure to uh, to record it and to have meaningful conversations is is one of the most important things. And I think one thing that junior officers struggle with a little bit is giving that frank and fearless advice uh, or counselling 
advice to uh, junior NCOs and soldiers. Yeah. Uh, maybe because they don't have that experience or there's potentially the uh, a, a little lack of confidence at that early stage of their career. Yeah. Um, but you need to push through that and really develop those counselling skills. Yeah, skills. and that's where that's where they need to lean on their platoon sergeants to uphold the, you know, the, using the discipline law manual, using, I think that's still in vogue, um, using the DFDA and having the DFDA there as a backdrop because soldiers do need that structure of discipline, the left and right of arc they can operate within. One of the things that one of, one of my military leaders recently said to me, which I thought made really great sense, is around the, is looking out for the natural leader within the platoon. So that private soldier who's using influence and charisma um, to, get, to get stuff done because what that is is pure leadership. It's not the same as the platoon sergeant who may be using command authority. So if you've got that guy or girl in your platoon who's got that natural charisma, you know, it's really trying to bring that out in them and and go through them to win fans within the platoon. At the end of the day, end of the day leadership, and I've said this before, leadership is about fans. It is about winning fans. It is about getting people to do what you want them to do because they want to do it. The only way you do it is to win fans through purpose motivation and influence so if you can find those natural leaders that have that charisma then then you can work through them to get others to see your way of thinking yeah 100 um the the fans of of your intent uh, and let's face it that's what it is in order to to achieve this mission they can be very effective tools um towards a successful outcome and, you know, change management, motivating others, especially if they're influential amongst their peer group. And, uh, and we've all come across examples of, of those, you know, influential soldiers at the, at the platoon level that are the natural leaders. And that's not to say that uh, the others who aren't nat- natural leaders at that early stage can't be developed with counselling, with opportunities, with experience uh, into leaders themselves. Yeah. Lieutenant Colonel Trent Bernard, thanks very much for your insights on leadership of a platoon, platoon sergeant and the soldiers. Next week, we're going to cover the company commander, the company sergeant major and the other platoon commanders. Thanks very much for the opportunity, Bram. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Warrior U podcast. Did you know that our parent company, Hindsight, offers leadership and resilience training as well as workshops? If you would like to know more, please head to www.hindsightleadership.com. If you would like to become a supporter of the podcast, there's a donation tab at the bottom of the main podcast page. All contributions are greatly appreciated and help to keep the show on the road. If you're interested in the Warrior U Military Preparation course, you can find all the information through the podcast website page. Just click on the training tab. All this information and more can be found at www.hindsightleadership.com podcast.warrioru.com.au